Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. Today is a wonderful Wednesday, hump day, June 17th, and I am here with my partner in crime, Andrew Hansen, to discuss the PGA event this weekend. How are you, Mr. Hansen? I'm doing well, Coach. Yeah, excited for week two here of DFS Coach Talk coverage of the PGA. And week one, we had our best success on our weekend lineup on FanDuel. And uh, you were the mastermind behind that. So uh, share all, all the secrets on that one, what, what, the keys to success. Well, I, you know, it's I always have a tendency to either be in a position to double down with my golfers that are playing well in the tournament and, you know, go for go for it on the Saturday, Sunday card or I'm in uh, bailout mode when my guys have missed the cut or whatever the case may be and trying to rebuild. So this week it was sort of a combination. I, I was so bitter because I had two guys at minus one that never were over par in the first two rounds and neither one of them made the cut because it was minus two. So that was gut wrenching. But uh, so, you know, in that sense, it was a bit of a reload, but I did have some guys that were up towards the top. But, you know, that's why we're bringing uh, this show to you uh, twice a week. We're going to do this Wednesday show for the full tournament and then the Friday show, uh, which will, we'll, depending on the situation, we'll call our double down or our bailout. Uh, right. Show. <laughs> but before we jump into all that stuff, let me mention real quickly this uh Podcast is brought to you by our two sponsors, MyBookie. Go to MyBookie.ag for all your sports and wagering and casino uh, action. Get an exclusive offer that's just offered through Coach Talk, hence exclusive. Uh, it is a 50% sign-up bonus all the way up to 1000 bucks and a nice little $25 free play just because you're a Coach Talk member. Uh, our other sponsor also, TVG, it's where the world watches and wagers on horse racing. And it's it's an exciting horse racing season now. They had to zigzag all the Triple Crown races up. The, actually, the Belmont's going to be first, which is usually last, and then the Preakness, and then the, uh, the Derby. So it's bizarre, but it's all happening, and you can watch all of it on TVG. And you can get an exclusive offer there as well which is a risk-free $300 bet. Uh, again, you have to sign up through dfscoachtalk.com, and the promo code is COACHTALK, and that it's exactly what it says. You can put 300 bucks on a horse, he loses, you get your 300 bucks back, or if he wins, it's payday time. So you gotta love that. So we really appreciate uh, them as uh, you know bringing this show forward. And also, you know, jump on the social media uh, bandwagon with us. We're all over the place on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we post our uh, podcasts every day in the video form uh, on YouTube. And today we'll have two of them with golf and KBO. And uh, all we ask is that you spend a second to subscribe. Hit that little alarm bell so you know when we come on and when our show posts. And rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, we're all over the place, everywhere podcasts can be heard. Uh, so, you know, we just, as we're growing, we just love to get that feedback, hear what, uh, what people have to say, what they like, what they're recommending, on and on. So as we grow, we want to do exactly what uh, our entire group out there and fans and members want us to do. 
to make it uh, better for them. So we're always watching and listening and implementing new stuff uh, into the, the podcast. So great stuff there. Um, again, you know, I'll mention to DFSCoachTalk.com. Jump in there. This is the time to do it. Sign up for a membership and you basically get a frozen membership time this next seven, six, seven weeks until the beginning of the NBA. Uh, and then uh, that's when the membership starts. So we're crushing KBO. Uh, we could talk a little bit about that before we dive completely into the golf. But uh, yeah, the uh, we our hitters just were absolutely bonkers last night. So we, we made some money. But if if the right from the dinos would have pitched andrew it would have been lights out man i know one of the biggest aces in the league uh most expensive pitcher on the slate and just threw out a dud uh, really his first one of the season and so you're right that really uh cut into the profits but uh the the hitters were on last night uh feel really good about all the uh, hitters we gave out oh no doubt i mean my three guys my core three scored almost 80 just between three guys that's unheard of so anyway we're you know we're definitely getting better and better as time goes on as we get to know more and more about these kbo players and uh it's a lot of fun but back to golf and let's get back to that you had asked me on the weekend how i had uh, taken down some stuff and really the new guys that i had plugged in there for my unfortunate guys that missed the cut i kept the regulars that I was touting in Thomas and M, but uh, got very fortunate. I added Woodland, Berger, who won the tournament, and Bubba Watson out of nowhere. He was cheap, and I had had him all week, and, and he shot in the mid-60s there on Sunday and, uh, you know, really helped me uh, uh, give back some of what didn't finish out as well from the uh, full tournament action. So that was good. So we're going to focus again, every aspect of the tournament we can from, uh, you know, all the different statistical look, uh, you know, again, we're, we build every lineup by hand in every sport that we play. Uh, you know, we think that it's even more effective now because optimizers are great for statistical and analytic analysis. But when you have situations that have not taken place before, like, three months off in golf and this is the second tournament back a lot of these guys have never played this course before but that doesn't mean they won't do well they're you know their games may play right into the course there's just a lot of factors that you can't really layer into an optimizer in my opinion so uh, we're going to continue to hand build and discuss through uh, who and what and why we like them and uh, we think that you know that advantageous position is going to help us here at DFS Coach Talk through KBO and PGA and then just times 10 when it comes to the NBA and the other sports when they come back. Because this, let's face it, these are new times, things none of us have ever lived through in a lifetime. Certainly none of those players have either. So uh, we're going to factor in everything we can to get every small edge uh, to help bring winners out there to our members and to our audience. This podcast is six days a week. Uh, every we're on every day except Sunday because KBO had only play six days a week and uh, it's free in front of the paywall. So we're going to give you as much information as we can in these podcasts. And then, uh, you know, to finalize and get all of our 
information. We are, we're 30 minutes uh, live before lock in Discord with all the changes, if there's any weather issues, if there's uh, scratches, whatever the case may be, you know, we're, we're gonna give that to you in the last 30 minutes and include a complete FanDuel lineup and a really solid player pool on DraftKings. All right, let's talk about this week's tournament. It's the RBC Heritage, and it's at Hilton Head, South Carolina at the Harbortown Golf Links. And I had mentioned to you, Andrew, that I actually got to play around at Harbortown Golf Links in, in Hilton Head about 15 years ago. So that's a long time. But so, I was trying to remember the exact date, but I couldn't couldn't recall. It was about 15 years. So other than the six birdies that you had, what what else ah. do you remember about the course? Well, the hole in one was something that was really yeah, it's memorable. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually at the time I was playing. I've never been great at golf. I, of all the sports I played, to me, it's the the most difficult. It it drives me nuts. But I sh- I was shooting at the time consistently in the upper 80s. So bogey golf, you know, which was which is good, but I don't cheat. I don't foot wedge or anything. So uh, unfortunately, I do remember that I could not break 100 there. So (laughs) it's tough. It is tough. There are narrow spots. Uh, You know, those wood tie things are everywhere and the ball bounces like 100 yards off of those things and usually into the water if if that's the case. So it's not easy. I, I do know that it's absolutely gorgeous. I posted a picture on uh, Twitter and, and on in our Discord. I mean, it, I just remember it's it's a couple of those holes you stand at the tee and you're like just totally overwhelmed how beautiful it is. But uh, great golf course. It should be a terrific tournament. Uh, you know, as compared to this past week's tournament, you know, it's it's 7,100 yards, so it's just a little bit longer. It's a peat dye course, and I don't know if, if you you know follow course designs. Pete Dye is my favorite course designer of all times. I love some of his courses. He has he always puts a lot of sand and water into play, uh, not the real real heavy roughs uh, where you can't get it out like you know U.S. Open type courses, but he he ke- creates it where you have to be long in spots but you have to be accurate in more spots. So I think as a, compared to the Colonial last week where you could spray the ball and hit it onto the other fairway and hit it back over the trees and, and be fine, you're not going to get that uh, here. You're going to be penalized. There's a lot more water, a lot more sand, and uh, I think accuracy is going to be important, but you still have to be able to smack the ball if you want to get in position of birdie, especially in some of these par fives. Because if you lay up, you're not getting it home. I mean, I know these guys hit the ball like a gorilla, but still, it's it's going to be tough to, to reach some of these par fives without a big drive. So anyway, uh, did you want to go over a few of those stats that, that uh, you had mentioned? Because I think that is going to be key today uh, I'm sorry, as this tournament starts. I do. Yeah. My understanding of the course is that accuracy off the tee really is at a premium because of all these situations where you can have your ball in the fairway and you can be blocked by a tree and you can basically have no shot at getting it close to the pin. So you really have to, on a lot of these holes, hit it to the correct side of the fairway, not just in the fairway. So I think driving accuracy is at a premium and uh, the course has a lot of small greens. So the approach shot 
strokes strokes gained approach is also very important. So those are two of the key stats I've been looking at. And just looking at the top uh, 20 in driving accuracy, you know, what really stands out to me is that a lot of these guys are not the biggest hitters, which makes sense. You know, guys like Jim Furyk, who's number one on the PGA Tour in 2020 in driving accuracy, uh, he's right around that age 50 mark. He's not one of the big hitters anymore, but he gets it in in the short grass, and uh, he has a lot of success. Oh, by the way, he's won twice at this course. So uh, I really like Jim Furyk's uh, Jim Furyk's profile here, um, especially looking at his price, only 7,100 on DraftKings. And I wanted to mention a couple other guys in the top uh, 12 in driving accuracy that are both uh, both value plays. So one of them is Brian Stewart. He's only 6,600. Uh, he's made 12 of 16 cuts this year, two top 10s. Last week, he finished with a 64. And he's made five straight cuts at Harbortown, including a 16th place finish last year. So a lot of things you know, trending positively for Brian Stewart to get in your lineup so you can, uh, uh, you know, afford a couple more of the big hitters. And then Tyler Duncan is only 6,400. He's 12th in the PGA Tour in driving accuracy. Last week, he finished tied for 38th. And he wasn't great off the tee. So I'm hoping that if he gets a little bit more to his typical form, then he can uh, maybe even make a top 20 because um, his approach game was really strong last week. So those are my takeaways on driving accuracy. Yeah, and, and I think that will come into play. I know uh, some of the other players uh, that are paired with him on Thursday uh, are calling him uh, the OG of this course, and that's Jim Furyk. Just because he's shot in the 50s on this course, he's been – out of his mind at times on this course. Now, I will say, yes, he is number one in driving accuracy, but he's literally like 70 yards behind Rory and DJ and these guys. I mean, enormously. Like, I'd be that far behind him is how far he's behind those other guys. So, you know, I I would love to pick Furyk. I think he's going to be over-owned because everybody's reading the same thing. They're calling him the OG. He's done so well there. But, man, he is... Those par fives, you know, are not going to be birdieable very much for him. I just don't see him garnering a lot of points. And and because I think he's going to get an inflated ownership, just, you know, I think I'm going to fade him. And not that I don't respect him and love his game, and and I'd love to watch him be successful, uh, especially at an older age. I just think that at this point now where he's even lost a little more distance, even though he's accurate – I mean, when you spot somebody 75 yards off the tee, hole after hole, when it's a long par four or a, a stout par five, it, it's got to catch you. I mean, it just has to. So that's just my thought there. A couple of things I wanted to mention. C.T. Pan is the defending champion. Uh, he has not been playing that well. So you know, certainly a wild long shot to repeat there. And the field wasn't even close to as good as it is this year a lot of these guys didn't play in this tournament last year um the other thing is guess how many times davis love the third has won this tournament once five really davis love the third has won the rbc heritage 
five times. He's playing in it, but, I mean, I'm not going to have the courage to pick him either at yeah. his age, but five wins? I mean, when it's I, almost yeah. on a, you almost want to put him as your last guy in on a GPP. You got to think he's going to make the cut with, with five wins at the course. Yeah, for the past winners, I only looked back about 15 years, and I saw that he'd won it once around that time frame. I didn't, I didn't keep going back, but that's a good stat. But I gotta, I gotta push back on Furyk because he's Uh-oh. won it, twi- he's won it twice more recently. He won it in 2010 and 2015. So actually, now that I say it out loud, he, if he wins every five years, he could actually win this year. But do, um, do I, do I hear another like shirtless bet coming, or are you, are you <laughs> no. shy? I'm a little gun shy on that, but ah. <laughs> uh, here's the thing: it, it, you're absolutely right in terms of him being a long way behind the big hitters, even if he's in the fairway. But this course is just under 7,100 yards, so it's not one of the longer courses on tour. Last week he was in good form, three rounds in the 60s until the final round. He he had a 74, but um, you've got these two wins, eight top tens, and then in addition to the driving accuracy, he's also ranked number 20 this year in approach, strokes gained approach on the PGA Tour. He's, in fact, the only player in the top 20 in both driving accuracy and strokes gained approach. So uh, one more reason why why I like him. And if you fade him, then certainly it's it's a game theory move. And so I support that in general. But uh, but I do think he'll be a core player for me this week. Yeah, his price is good. I, I really don't blame you. I mean, he's when he's hot, there's, you know, he can knock everything down. So uh, I, I love watching him with that, you know, weird swing, swing and yeah. all that stuff. He's a blast. Um, DJ is from South Carolina. I thought I'd mention that. You know, I, I, I'm thinking of dialing up DJ now. He's cheap. Usually if I'm going to play DJ, I have to have a few beers first because he makes me so damn nervous watching him. He's so all or nothing, and then he'll, like, miss a four-foot putt and just, like, stand there like nothing happened. Like, are you – what is with this dude? But I'll tell you, when he gets going with oh, – he's on – I think he's the best golfer in the world when in stretches when he's playing well. It's just between here, it seems like he's lost sometimes. But he's from South Carolina. He's He's got a good – uh, record on this course as far as his scoring. He's played it a lot. You know, he may be a guy to really put a circle around. And believe me, I'm always afraid to to put him on there. But you talk about a guy that can break a slate for you because, you know, he, he really can. He can shoot some scores. Well, you're right. There was a stretch there where he was the best golfer in the world. Once he started using that track man, he had his different wedges and he had it completely dialed in and he was just – hitting lasers right at the pin, perfect distance. Um, but yeah, lately he's just been a little bit out of whack. He seemed a little bit out of sorts last week, but you mentioned the course history. He's from that state and only 8,500 on DraftKings. There's a couple guys this week that stand out to me based on their price who have a ton of talent, you know, multiple majors, and they're just underpriced. So he he's one of them in that category for me. I'm with you. I mean, that's exactly what I noticed. He's always like the top three or four prices every week. And to see him way down there, like in the teens or whatever, it's like, wow, you know, this that's right when he'll come up and sting you and run away with the tournament. So, um, all right. I want to turn real quickly, if we can, to our sponsor here, mybookie.ag, and check out the up to the second odds 
I'm refreshing right now. And these are odds to win the RBC Heritage. And it's, it's coach's quiz time to put Andrew on the spot again. Now I'm going to make this really tough on you. And you're really going to hate me for this one. But I'm going to give you the five favorites. And then, then you can't – the contest is you have five choices to get two of the next five favorites. Fair. So okay. six through ten. All the right. favorite is Rory McIlroy at plus 1,100. Justin Thomas plus 1,400. He was on my team last week. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau plus 1,300. Your man, John Rahm, skinless, shirtless, John Rahm, plus 1,800, even though he missed the cut. Oh, by the way, did you know he missed the cut last week? No, I, for, I, for, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's <laughs> the fourth pick. And then Zond, Xander Shoffley is the fifth pick. So we have six, seven, eight, nine, and 10, and they're all bunched at about 2,300 to one, and you get you need to get two of them for the W. Okay. How about... Another surprise missed cut last week. A guy who's finished three straight years in the top 20 in this tournament, Webb Simpson. Correct, sir. He is the seventh choice at 2,300 to one. Very good. All you right. only need one more one win here for the victory. How about uh, a gentleman who missed two short putts that would have won it for him? The youngster making his first appearance. Colin Morikawa. You got it, buddy. You swept the board. Price is right. You take them all. He's actually the next, the, the sixth highest at 2,200 to one. And then you got my guy, Sunjay M, Patrick Reed, and Justin Rose. That uh, rounds out the top 10. And just on the other side of that is Spieth, Matsuyama, Dustin Johnson. See what I'm saying? He's all the way down there at number 13. When's the last time you haven't seen him in the top five picks? Or at least top ten. I know. It's it, that's what. And then below him is Kepka. Right. So Kepka's fallen from grace too on the odds. He was he was chalk number one for a lot of the tournaments last year. So that's what you got to love about golf, man. The, the PGA. I mean, I just mentioned 18, 19 guys. Any of those guys could win this tournament in just a flash without any. You know, without anybody saying, wow, that's a surprise, you know. So uh, that those odds were brought to you by mybookies.ag. Uh, so we love those guys. All right. Let's talk about a couple of things here. I have two value picks that I want to share with you. And they just happened to be two of the guys that finished minus one after two rounds last week. And unbelievably missed the cut without making a bogey. You're going, back to the well with, you're going back to the well with Graham McDowell? I'm going back to the well with Graham McDowell and Max Homa. They both played well. Their, their you know, current form and chatter has been real strong. They're 7,200 and 7,000 on DraftKings and backing them up uh, – on FanDuel at 8,600 and 8,500. So the pricing is a little different on FanDuel. So it's it's very similar really in pricing. But those are the two that I wanted to share on the show. I've got some other guys that are, uh, I think, going to make the lineups. But I have to make that final decision. And we hope to catch you guys in Discord 
uh, to, to get those final lineups. But what do you think about McDowell and Homa? Am I, am I off base or what do you think? Yeah, that um, I was. I spent more time looking at uh, at Graham this week because of his course history here. He won it in 2013. Yeah. Made the cut last year, and he's number 18th in strokes gained approach this year. So, uh, again, as you mentioned, steady play last week. Strong course history. Good price at 7,200. So I, I do like that pick. Good. Good. Do you have any value guy you'd like to throw into the mix for discussion? Well, uh, you know, it it starts, it really starts with uh, Jim Furyk for me at 7,100. As I mentioned, I do like McDowell in that same price range. And then uh, I'll mention Joel Dahman, who is 7,500. Okay. He is 40th in driving accuracy this year and 15th in strokes gained approach. He is one of the just a couple guys who's top 40 in both of those categories. Correct. Uh, he was solid last week. Last year, he was 16th in this tournament. So he's the other value guy probably who's uh, at the top of the list for me. I, I absolutely love that pick. Domin is one of the guys that uh, I will be rostering as well. I just think his price is too low. And if you look at before the, the shutdown, he was really playing some golf, man. I mean, the guy was was just tearing it up. So uh, and nobody ever talks about him. You know, you, you can't hardly pronounce his name. I mix it up all the time. Damon, Domin, everything. You know, he just doesn't right. get any respect. But he's a nice golfer. He really is. Well, let's flip the, the table on a guy or two that you're flirting with winning the tournament um, and, and see what uh, if we're on the same page there. I have. I have two guys that I'd like to mention out of a pool of five that I believe uh, will one of them will win the tournament. Okay. So for me, I wasn't feeling as much clarity at the very top of the board in terms of the prices and the odds that you mentioned. So one guy I'm looking at to get in my lineups who's in that second tier of, of pricing and odds, he's actually under 9K on DraftKings, is Patrick Reed and uh, last week, uh, I liked the way that he looked. He was battling, and he was really sharp around the greens. Okay, He was fifth in strokes gained around the green, third in strokes gained putting. And my understanding of the areas around the greens here at Harbortown this week is that they've they've seeded the grass a little bit differently because we're playing in June. Usually this is the tournament the week after the Masters, and that's why you don't see a lot of the big dogs because they play the Masters and then they take the week off. Right. But this year, because of the new schedule, we get this star-studded field, uh, but it's different conditions being in June. So uh, tighter lies around the green. It puts a real premium on being able to chip in those tight lies, and he's one of the best short game players in the world. So even though you know the downside is that on this course, his best finish is tied for 48th, uh, I like him as a guy who's under 9K, who – might just shoot up there and and potentially win the tournament. Well, you'll see a lot of putts and chips, like just miss the flag stick, start picking up momentum, roll off the green, roll through the small little bit of rough and right into the water. I mean, that's you can't miss uh, those those greens. If you hit the wrong spot, you're you're going to go in the water. 
So uh, there definitely is a big need to have a, a really solid short game. You know, the wedge play and putting is going to be very key. Now, with that seeding, how they did it different with the grass, I'm thinking that may hold a little better because normally the way their course is, and they play it in April, you know, it's pretty fast and things roll out and will roll in the water. And if that type of condition is now when it's hot and dry with a little breeze, man, it would be, you know, impossible to hold those greens. So hopefully it will benefit, you know, those guys that, that can take a wedge and stick it and spin it back a little bit and, and be right on it. For that reason, one of my top guys is Hideki Matsuyama. I just love his game, his accuracy, his consistency. He's another guy that's had uh, good runs there at the Heritage. And, you know, he can hit the ball far and he's very accurate in his placement uh, with wedges. It all has to do with the putter. If he can get the flat stick going, uh, he didn't play last week. He decided to come back this week. So, you know, I don't know if that small bit of rust being in competition will hurt him, but I don't think so. I mean, he's been playing, you know, every day. So I think he'll be fine, fresh, and uh, a nice uh, nice play. He's 9,500 on DraftKings, which is a little pricey, but he's that good in my opinion, and he's a big fat 11,000 on FanDuel. But I just I I feel that guy has a top five in him this week. I really do. I like how he plays that course. Yeah, I wish that he played last week because you know I like his profile at this course as well, and he's ninth this year in strokes gained approach. So uh, just gotta hope that he's been practicing enough. Uh, to be sharp this week. I'll mention uh, a couple of the guys in the top 10 in, in strokes gained approach. These are more of the expensive guys. Uh, Tyrrell Hatton, he's only 8,000. Uh, he didn't play last week, but the last time he played, he won back in March. Uh, and last year he finished top 30. Check that. Uh, a couple years ago, he, he was top 30 uh, at this tournament. So he has experience here. Colin Morikawa is second on the tour in strokes gained approach. That dude so, is awesome, man. Yeah, he he's is, awesome. He's a really true star of this league. But can he stomach what happened last right. week? Right. That's going to be fascinating to watch. And he hasn't played this course yet in uh, in tournament play. So uh, that'll be fun to watch. And then JT and Rory are five and six strokes gained approach. And, you know, as I mentioned, this is where we get into some of the most expensive players guys with the best odds and it makes a lot of sense with those stats so will you have some jt in your lineup after he treated you so well last week in the big bet you know i i will have him uh he's not going to be my just dead core build but you know, usually for these i'll build three or four lineups and he'll probably be in two of them uh it's just you know if i play in the two that i play him I'm going to have to sub out the other guy that I'm playing as my key in my top two. And I'll give that out here as well, because, uh, you know, I just I think that it gives our, our listeners a chance to uh, the evening to look this guy over. But Bryson DeChambeau, he's he's 10-7. He's the fourth favorite to win the tournament. He's bulked up. Everybody made a fuss last week because he put about 20 pounds of muscle on. It's crazy because he used to be thin built and now he's all stout. He's pounding the ball. The dude is a weird guy. He calculates everything down to the centimeter and he 
but his wedge game is putting. It's all awkward, but it's fantastic. And I, I've always thought since he came onto the tour, you know, like what, three, four years ago, that he would eventually hit star type caliber. Now he's won events. He's been very successful, but to move into that top five and become a huge star, I think with the extra muscle and the focus and the maturity he has now, I, I really like DeChambeau this season, and I like him in this particular tournament. Yeah, I, I, I'm fascinated to watch him as well. I really enjoy the fact that he has a unique approach to golf, and he's sticking to it, and he's trying different things, whether it's putting with the pin in, bulking up, you know, same size clubs. I, I just love it. And uh, I root for him. And he's been uh, off and on at this course, cut in 17, cut in 19, but in 18, he was tied for third. So yeah. uh, the thing with him is that extra power now. It's like some of these fairways, It's is he going to have too much power? He's going to have to dial it down just to keep it in the fairway because he's just hitting monster drives. But uh, yeah, great form last week. So we'll see if he can uh, back it up with another top 10. And he, I'll tell you, he can roll it on the flat surface too, with the best of them. I, his putting is is crazy. So it, yeah, it'll be. I mean, it's going to be a great tournament. There's so many guys that will be in the mix. Uh, I'm dying to see how your man Morikawa handles blowing that tournament, that two and a half foot putt. I mean, I don't. I'm going to steer clear of him just because of that, because it has. As awesome as he's been, he's averaging 70 fantasy points. Uh, an outing. He's 12 for 12 in cuts and four top tens and looked like he was going to win the tournament last week. But when you miss something like that and you're young and you're up and coming, I think that plays with your brain a little bit for a while. So I will see. Yeah, I think it will. I think he's capable of bouncing back. The bigger challenge is just that he hasn't played this course before. Um, And so that's why I'll be a little bit hesitant to play him. No doubt. All right, man. I think that gives the, uh, you know, the everybody an idea. I think I, sh- for the record, I think I shot 107 there, which is embarrassing. But I'm telling you right now, man, if you're 20 feet to the left, which usually I'm happy if I can stick the ball on the green 20 feet from the pin, I'm thrilled. But in here, you're bouncing on one of those railroad tie things, and you're into the drink. So I, I know I lost a lot of balls. I was. I played title titleist at the time. I think I was down to like Max Flies or whatever those were. <laughs> Dunlops or something. Right. I was just hoping to finish. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's it's beautiful though. It's gonna be a fun course to watch. Uh, you know, and it it seems like now that they had the first tournament with no fans and how they covered it. I thought the coverage was terrific. So uh, I, I'm really excited. I I'm I'm loving golf right now. I've always been a fan of watching it. Uh, it's other than basketball, it's my second favorite sport to, to watch on TV because you just get all the action shot after shot and you can see what's going on and how people are playing different shots. And you can start after seeing, you know, the 16th green for the 12th time, you know, which way it's going to break and you can see if they're playing it right. So it's it's a lot of fun. And, I, you know, I want to put together uh, some top five percent lineups here for our members this week i think uh, it'd be awesome we've been kicking some big time finishes in kbo if we can layer some pga in there uh that'll get us ready for 43 days until the nba tips it off and i've been reading about that have you read some of the 
Disney stuff, it is yeah, so bizarre. Yeah, details, yeah. Yeah, got, you know, certain rules, and you can go certain places, but not other places, and crazy. And then you hear, you know, some of the guys uh, speaking out with Kyrie now, a couple of folks stepping up, Patrick Beverly and a few people uh, talking about some stuff. But from what I've read, they're playing, man. It's 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 on. So uh, it's uh, it's going to happen pretty quickly. That's right. And speaking of playing, we'll be back here on Friday night for the weekend PGA show. So uh, looking forward to that. This is your last chance. I'll take either Graham McDowell or Max Homa against Jim Furyk head to head. They're What's 73, the 72, and 71. Uh, we won't we won't make you pay the price with the shirtless because we we may, lost a few few watchers for that. <laughs> How about my the thing I hate most, and I know it sort of agitates you. You have, and I know it doesn't matter to our uh, members as much, but it's it's a bone to pick for me. So it'd be a tough bet to lose. Is how about just something simple like you have to have your hat backwards, which is my – I hate my hat backwards. We can do that. Or how about an entry on on the weekend tournament, uh, either this week or next? If somebody misses the cut, then uh, the other guy has to fund the weekend entry for the other guy. For what size term? Uh, just whatever the normal, you know, solid – like the well, – Twenty dollar. Uh, yeah, ten to twenty bucks, whatever the. There's a twelve dollar the single is. entry on DraftKings for the weekend. It's always good. So there that's go. it. Twelve dollar single entry and the hat backwards. And which guy are you picking though? Who do you want to face? Homer I'll or face McDowell? Mc, I'll face McDowell. I'll take Furyk. Okay. Furyk you got McDowell. the two old guys going at yep. it then. Let's get it on. All right. All right. Terrific. Any final words, man? I think we're up on our time here. Uh, that's it. Uh, switch over later if you want to. Shane and I are going to do a KBO podcast tonight. So after you finish this, if you want to play some KBO tonight, then uh, flip over and listen to that one. Fantastic. All right. We want to thank our sponsors again, mybookie.ag and tvg.com. And for all of our uh, members out there, let's let's hit some good golf balls this week and, and make some scores. And definitely tune in for some KBO. We've got some momentum going there as well. So uh, for my man, Andrew Hansen, who is at Language Olympic on Twitter, uh, I'm at Joe Sarvati. And our buddy Shane, who will be doing KBO later, is at DET Sports Shane, Detroit Sports Shane, but DET. And then you can follow all of us and everything that goes on at DFS Coach Talk. So for Andrew Hansen, I am Coach Uh, We look to catch you again tomorrow when we're going to crush it in DFS.